Welcome to Cleveland Moto, a vintage motorcycle podcast by people who wrench and ride. We'll be bringing you Vin Moto Chat each week, so sit back, relax, and crack a beer. Or play us over the speakers in your shop while working on your latest project. Cleveland Moto, here's your host, Phil Waters. All right, and welcome to another Cleveland Moto Podcast, another fantastic introduction. We Here we are in the 45 Garage. An amazing thing happened in the past week. <clears throat> the garage? Yeah, the sun came out. No, we're in the garage? We're in the 45 studio. <laughs> under the 45 Garage. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really. There we go. <laughs> we're in the, uh, in the, the sub garage. The, uh, the sun came out, and it's melting snow, and it's bizarre, and everybody's got buck fever, and everybody's going bananas. We've had bikes on the road, bikes in the shop, and... Uh, Tonight, so far, we've got Dustin Elliott in here working our boards. John McElfresh is in here. James James is barely here. James <laughs> suffered some alcohol poisoning last night. so uh, In spirit only. He's my ride. <laughs> got here. Uh, well, uh, it was it was well-deserved. Yeah, uh, I mean, that was... you. It was, it was in celebration of getting a bike going that... I didn't think was going to happen. What so. what bike was that? Were you working on the Lambretta? Yeah, the 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 '64 Lambretta that I'm building for the Cocoa Beach Scooter Rally next weekend. Oh, cool! Yeah, yeah, not like waiting to the last minute or anything. Yeah, no, <laughs> mine's still. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be doing a lot of building when we get back from Indy. <laughs> so uh, last night, the the word on the street is that margaritas are like breasts. <laughs> One isn't enough. <laughs> And three is too many. Yes, <laughs> but two is the right number, right? Yeah, and the and the bigger they are, the more they're going to cost you the next day. So, so these were fish bowls. <laughs> yeah, oh, you got started giant. started off with some biggins. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a little 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 divey Mexican joint. I figured they didn't have glasses that big, but they they found some for us. So they yeah, brought you. That's where you get the best margaritas. Yeah, the tanker truck of margarita. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they serve me in a pail. Excellent. You so, get to drink from the fire hose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, today was really, I mean, it was electric. I mean, uh, I couldn't get on bikes enough today. I was so excited to go out and ride bikes and um, running around with no helmet on like an idiot just to feel the wind in my hair, what's left of it. And it uh, it really felt good today riding around. It was cool. And you had to dodge the salt in the corners and dodge the giant rivers of snow melt. Uh but today I got my first uh, speed infraction. Running with the law. Yeah, uh, amazing. <clears throat> yeah, first running with the with the man today. It worked. It worked out really well. But I was uh, test driving a bike, and kind of you know what you're doing. You're test driving a bike. You're out there caning it a little bit, and I was having a lot of fun. And it's you know it's a 250 cc uh, single cylinder bike, so I wasn't really putting anybody's life in danger, but I was going 53 miles an hour in a 25 zone. The Ooh. officer was nice enough to remind me. So he was more interested in the bike than he was writing me a ticket, so I got away on that one, which is really cool. But uh, yeah, it reminded me that it was like, not as it not only is it bright and sunny, but this is when we see a lot of accidents and crashes happen because guys like me go out and go, oh, you know. I'm so excited. Yeah, and my skills are all rusty because I haven't been on a bike for months and uh, going out there just railing it. On a 250, you don't think you're in any trouble, but I guess, you know, 53 and a 25. But the good news is, didn't get the ticket, uh, and it did reel me in. Thank you to the Lakewood Police. Thank you to the Lakewood Police Department for exercising uh, courtesy. Officer courtesy. Officer courtesy was really wonderful at that point, so it was great. But he did his job, and he slowed me down, and I thanked him profusely. So, the uh, so yeah, when you're going out there riding this year, remember that... Uh, you're not the only person out there. There's a lot of other people sharing the road with you, so don't act like a total jackass. All right, and another uh, another exciting version of our game, or another exciting installment of our game. What did Phil buy this week? A week doesn't go by where Phil doesn't buy something. If you know, I almost feel I definitely have an addiction, so I need. We're that. lucky if a day doesn't go by. Hey, but hey, let alone okay, all right. Week. But but I do feel like there's something about it that feels like I need to. You know, if I could sell one a week, I'd be really doing good because you'd have one come in, you'd have one go out, one in, and one it'd be out. a perfect world. But 
there's this wintertime thing that I feel wintertime bikes are devalued and they're they're not priced where they should be. Oh, it's a so, fire sale. Yeah, it feels like a fire sale. Yeah. Winter all winter Completely. long feels like a fire sale. You've definitely kept the winter blues away by feeding your motorcycle crack habit. Yeah, absolutely. It's like a little <laughs> tap on the arm, you know, get that needle in. The uh it it was good. So I happened to go out to uh, a place called Boars Cycle Salvage. And they're in Huron and it's a disused airport. So all the hangers, or a great number of the hangers, have been turned into the resting pit place for a great number of old motorcycles. He's sectioned off one of the hangers to be a machine shop, or uh, a service shop, if you will. And then he's got the nicer bikes in there. That's kind of his like showroomy area. But that's still, like, it's not heated. It's just got hanger doors. And uh, the area where he works is really pretty tight. You know, it's pretty spartan. Hmm. But while I was in there, I was picking up a bike for a customer so we could do some service on it. And I noticed uh, while I was walking around that there I saw a motorcycle I had to have. Twinkle in your eye. Twinkle in... Well, it was kind of... It gazed at me longingly, and I, <laughs> I I felt the pull, but I had to feign interest in several other motorcycles. Uh, of course. Because we can't seem too excited about any one thing when we're buying bikes. It was also a motorcycle that a week prior yeah. you mentioned... Well, yeah. We're wow. In, yeah. If I could have this one, yeah, that would this, be really cool. And those statements get, get me into trouble more times than not. So the the game this week, just for those people that are playing at home or in podcast land, okay, it's a bike from the 70s. We we know that it's probably going to be a bike from the 70s. It's got a disc in the front. It's got a drum in the back. One disc in front. Single disc in the front. Mm. One drum in the back. It's that a helps whole, narrow it down. whole lot of 70s bikes. But it's a four-cylinder. Still a whole lot of 70s bikes. This is the key. It's 900 cc's. Uh, yeah, that's right. Okay, okay, okay. This is going to help. What year of the 70s? It's a 75. 75, okay. It's a 75, so... It can pretty, it much, can only pretty be, much only be a KZ900. Yep. So it's a KZ900, and after our foray into buying our Burning River Bike build-off bike, our uh, KZ1000, wow. I've kind of... they Whereas I used to kind of look past... The KZs, I'm not looking past them anymore. What was the KZ900 like? The it was called the King or something like that, or the, yeah, the King Z, the King, yeah, Z. The King Zing or the uh, the King Z. Yeah, uh, depending on where Australian. you're from. Right, yeah, the King Z, Aussie version. Yeah, and it was another bike that was being sold in. It was sold everywhere but Japan. The Mad Max bike. It was, you know, <laughs> a, a great Mad Max machine. So yeah, I saw it kind of gazing at me longingly. The Jim Goose bike. Really. Yeah, it was really a, a, a you know. A period piece. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna use the term period piece to say that all things are forgiven because it's got a <laughs> it's got a marble paint job, blue and black marbleized saran wrap trick paint job. It looks nice, but though, it does I mean, look nice. Yeah, I mean, it's not... it's done well. There's the least, thing, there's you you say that as if it was a coat. bad thing, right? There's at least one solid good layer of clear coat on top of it, yeah. but it's got a D uh, a D and D exhaust on it, uh-huh. Texas exhaust on it, which. Uh, Looks pretty good, you know, looks appropriate on the bike. And the real part that made the bike's price drop was previous owner manufactured or had somebody manufacture his own king and queen seat. Oh. Uh, and many Nagas were killed in the process of obtaining hides for this bike. Oh. The side of the seat is white. That should be on a it, that seat should be on a Shriner on oh, a dream yeah. or something oh, like that. They post this God. on the blogs the, the blog the, the seat, podcast because yeah. it, yeah. it is a funny looking seat. You you should probably definitely post some photos of this. The after, seating uh, surfaces where your butt would go are a blue velour that somehow matches the blue crinkle paint, the blue marble paint perfectly. But then like your grandmother, they put the clear vinyl couch cushions on it. So all the areas that are velour, well, velour doesn't do well in the rain, so they're like behind a window. I've lost many wow. track seats that way. <laughs> <laughs> so, that, uh, that seat would fit perfectly in like a 1950s diner or something. Yeah, it would. It's really, yeah, so white and blue, uh, marbleized velour with clear vinyl over the velour. It's really awful. And it wasn't even done particularly well. It was really slapdash. L- Liberace's motorcycle. Liberace's <laughs> motorcycle. There is a pimp out there somewhere that would give <laughs> right. you... Big money. Well, there's a pimp somewhere who's missing his motorcycle. It's the sad thing, right? At some I'm, point, I'm still lost in James's many tracksuits. I'm like, well, yeah. I'm like well, what? I, I wear the velour tracksuits when you know I'm, I'm down. You know, being a being a. Monster. Oh, you woke up. Hey, James. <laughs> nice to see. When he's you. down at his winter home in Boca. <laughs> yeah. No, no. It's the velour uh, tracksuit. So yeah, it's a really. I mean, it's a really fun bike. It's got a clear title, and the. 
today, the sunshine, I knew that today was going to be the day that, that that bike either started and it ran or it didn't start and I felt really bad about my purchase. Because you don't just wade into a four-cylinder 900cc motorcycle. You know, if something's not right, it's really, really not right. It's a major problem. Uh, today, I mean, I don't know if you want to disclose the buying price or anything. But no, we're going to keep that on the QT. It, it wasn't super short money. It wasn't right. like, oh, I got this thing for two hundred bucks. Right. It was somewhere between five hundred dollars. I picked this out of some guy's right. shed. Right. It wasn't know? a freebie. It was. It right. was. You know, it, it was, was a. Pro- it was a. I think. Personally, a proper motorcycle purchase. It was yeah. uh, in the. It was within the cent of a dollar a cc. Mm-hmm. Let's put it that way. It was within that sort of wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. You know, you can feel real good about buying a bike like this when you pay. You that paid kind of honest money. money for it, right? But it was still a gamble. If if it works out to be what right. you paid for it, and to buy a non-running bike, I feel okay. The good news was today. I first things first. I poured gas in it. And it didn't all run out the bottom. Hey. That's a plus. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, four carburetors on there. No four, <laughs> right. not four streams coming right. out not of each four other. puddles of gas under the bike, right? <laughs> so step one was I poured some fresh gas in it and it all didn't run out. The battery that was in it was a lost cause. So fortunately, that motorcycle does come with a Kickstarter. Uh, went ahead and got a battery tender on there to give it some hope. Uh, support coils if we need be. The fun thing was the bike already had pods on it, so... That makes the starting fluid a breeze. Yeah. So shot some wolf juice at it and really gave it about four kicks on the starter, and, and it came on, man. It just came on. And, of course, you don't want it to die then because then you know that you're not getting any fuel through the carbs. You're just running on uh, starting fluid. But it did. It sustained ignition. It fired. Uh, we were able to have some fun revving it up, watch uh, big orange fireballs come out of the tailpipe when that <laughs> one cylinder that's definitely not running at this point <laughs> was so dumping its fuel. One of the carburetors, I think, <laughs> fingers crossed at this point, that one of the carburetors is not moving fuel where it should be or there's no spark to one of the cylinders. But there's an occasional orange fireball that we have to deal with. I thought it sounded pretty good, though. I mean, uh, aside from it just not quite being the right, you know, the wow, you know. Like, well, that pipe, I think, is, I think that's a modern well, sport bike exhaust. Yeah. And it doesn't give that KZ sound that we all like. But it was it was quiet. I thought it would be ridiculously loud, and the motor sounded tight. It I was really happy with the motor. Like yeah, that, the motor so. sounded really good. So couldn't be happier. Didn't uh, puke oil out anywhere. <laughs> all the electrical all seemed to work, which yeah. is good. You know, the only thing we didn't have was a left turn signal, but the uh, but the rest of the bike actually functioned quite well. So be interested to get that out on the road and see what it does, uh, and wake up that lazy cylinder. There was a lot of fun to be had with a, a KZ nine hundred. Oh, you know what? I mean, and I, like I said, I've said in an earlier podcast that that was one of the bikes that really. When I was a kid, really inspired me because there were a couple guys who would ride around on them, and just the sound, the exhaust note of those bike, the stance, the bodywork, mm-hmm. the shape of the tank, the little ducktail section, yeah. and the tail section, and everything. It was it was really one of my favorite bikes as a kid. I was like, man, that's a nice bike, you know. So they look, they do have a look to it. They look like a drag bike. Even this bike sitting there, it it's not modified. Fast standing still. Yeah, they do look fast standing still. It almost looks like the front tire on my bike is clearly from probably 1981 <laughs> or 1982. Mm-hmm. It's uh, definitely a Speedmaster style tread pattern. Uh, but it looks... A rib block pattern. Rib block pattern, exactly. <laughs> it looks like a quarter-mile front tire, and it does look, you know, any on any modern motorcycle, you'd say there is not enough front tire there mm-hmm. under any circumstances. But then you realize there's only one non-drilled front disc, mm-hmm. and then you go, that eh, might be the right front tire, <laughs> you know? <laughs> we may have balanced this thing out just right, so uh, it'll be a fun project, though. We'll so see. you won't be doing any stoppies on it anytime No, soon. no, I don't think you could. Mm-hmm. I think the... Yeah, that thing's long enough. I don't think the rear There's is going to... There's going to be no stoppies not, on that It's not machine. coming up. Yeah, one undrilled 1975 front rotor ain't going to make that bike stand on its nose. I was watching some YouTube videos. Uh, Nine-second, quarter-mile time, guy doing it. Well, I don't know. I mean, it didn't look like a ridiculously built KZ900, yeah. you know? I mean, I'm sure it was. I mean, he probably had an air shifter and stuff Nine like that. Nine seconds is amazing. But it sounded great. It would do a very nice smoky burnout and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a bike that's older than a lot of our listeners. Yeah. You know, so, you know, 1975 is a, you know, that's a vintage, that's a historical plate right there. It's it totally earned its historical license plate. So, yeah, it's a lot of fun. So we're looking more into that. The uh, One of the things we want to talk about, we'd like to dedicate a lot of this podcast to Cafe Racer. Cafe Racer, Calf Racer, depending on where you're from. The 
most of the comments that people have talked about that have listened to the podcast and given me feedback are all about, you know, you can't turn around without somebody smacking you in the face with the word cafe racer these days. Mm-hmm. And it's a flexible term. We, I mean, you can't hold it up. If we had the neighbor over at the at the woodsmith shop, uh, the kitchen shop. Yeah, came over. Does never had a motorcycle, never sure. had anything. Asked me, he's like, "Yeah, you guys do anything with cafe racer? I've been watching that cafe racer wow. show. Oh no, boy, he's never owned a motorcycle, never, never a motorcycle. ridden a motorcycle. Right. He's like builds but, custom cabinets, but he's he builds custom cabinets. But he was like, man, that's kind of cool. I, you know, I, so it pressed his button. Yeah, wow, that's interesting. So yeah, it's a fluid term. If and I was trying to think about fluid terms. If if you said you're into cowboy shooting, mm-hmm. right? If you're if you're a guy who has anti-firearms, wheel guns, you're into cowboy shooting, you're into cowboy shooting. Cowboy shooting hasn't changed a lot in 50 years. It's still what cowboy shooting was. Uh, If you're into duck decoy collecting, the rules haven't changed on that a whole lot, right? You've got to bring up my hobby. Exactly, right. And if you're a guy that, you know, that that builds, you know, antique clocks, that hasn't changed a whole lot. It's still building antique clocks. The rules don't change a lot. But cafe racers changed a lot. Yeah. I mean, this this kind of thing, sometimes you feel bad because you say, okay, well, what are you doing? Well, I'm building a cafe racer. Well, then you have 10 guys waiting around the corner to jump you because you didn't build it. Well, you didn't really build a cafe racer. Neither, That's not a you? British bike. Yeah. That's not. not a British bike. Yes. Come on. That can't be a cafe racer. That wasn't built before 1970 or Exactly. You know, hey, like, there's a disc brake on that bike. There's no way. It's got oil in the frame. Impossible. So that is one of the things. I think with cafe racer being such a fluid term, and it has really hung on to describe, well, to some people, to people that don't know what's going on, people that are just pedestrians or you know, witnesses, it's a look. It's a style. It's a bike that isn't quite a full-on sport bike and fools you into believing it's a 60s or 70s or 50s motorcycle. You know, It's not a bobber. It's not a cruiser. Yeah, I'm trying to think of terms that would def- sort of define it. I'm like, well, you sit forward, but you don't sit back. Well, yeah, that's, that's, that's probably true. that's a good one there. That's a good one. But you sit forward on a modern sport bike. Absolutely. So, eh, that doesn't really nail it down. Yep. Uh, you know, it's you can't say, you know, motor, it's a V-twin. It's not a V-twin. Well, right. you could technically build a really nice, oh, some sure. really nice Harley Special Cafe. Absolutely. So, you know, it can be that. I mean, it's hard to really nail it down to a specific defining term, but I think it's just a name that that stuck. It, you're right. You it know, did. it, it was just stick. it was a group of guys, you know, originally doing their thing. Yep. Back in the late '50s, early '60s, and the, the term "cafe racer" was thrown out, you know, not by them but by the media. Yeah, and you know, you latch onto it and you claim yeah. it as your own, and and uh, as as time went on, it it, it just stuck. And the, Really, I, I really think that what those guys were just trying to do back in that day, you know, they um, <clears throat> they referred to them as specials. You know, they ne- they, they never said, oh, "I'm building a cafe racer," "I'm building a race bike," or anything. They were just trying to squeeze any amount of performance out of a production motorcycle that they could. So I'm I'm building a bike that I can ride on normal roads mm-hmm. that I can go T to T, tavern to tavern, but that'll do a hundred mile an hour. You know, I'm mm-hmm. trying to squeeze as much out of. I'm taking my stock bike, but trying to make it fast, extra fast, faster. You know, yeah. And if it means I got to swap, I got to use this frame, but that motor out of a different bike, yeah. or whatnot. I got to drop my riding position down. So right, you know, you know we talked about the whole. Uh, you know, you're not going to do a hundred mile an hour on a on an old Brit bike without laying on the tank. You're not going to do a, no. an upright hundred mile an hour, <laughs> which is fine. I mean, you know, get down on the tank, and you know, it's good for. Almost twenty mile an hour in some cases. <laughs> yeah, and we didn't. We've been blessed, and in, in this time frame, we don't have to take a Suzuki frame and stuff a Honda motor into it to make a rideable bike that will do the speeds we want to attain. Mm-hmm. But in the '60s, that was what you had to do in Britain to make a good bike meet up with a, a good motor, meet up with a good frame, mm-hmm. get a great reliable motor, powerful motor, stick it in a great, well-known, reliable frame, emulate what the racers were doing, and you could build a bike, a bits of, you know, mm-hmm. a bits of this, a bits of that. But we've been blessed where you can actually buy this motorcycle that is 
boom, turn the key. It's 110, 125 miles an hour. It does everything you want it to do. The frame's good. The motor's good. That's great. You don't need to Frankenbike. You don't need to cut apart and make you know Honda play with Yamaha and vice versa. So necessity being the mother of invention. So a lot of that stuff where the guys were saying, well, if you want an authentic cafe racer and you want to get any pull or you want to get any clout in our group of friends, you got to drink brown beer and you got to have a Norvin or uh, a Triton, you know, uh, or, you know, you got to have a British afford. motorcycle that is at least a combination of two names. Right. Yeah. How many more? How many yeah. different? What, names what, how about like a tri-field? Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Nobody was ever wanting that. I but the, highly uh, doubt But exactly. Yeah. But, you know, there would be the, you know, you know, the Honda Maha. You know, I still believe the, that's the height of ca- cafeism, though. If you, Kawasaki, if you can have yeah. two, at least two different bikes put together, a different motor, it can't have the same motor that came, and it's got to have something thrown in there. So, you, so that to you has become one of these things that really is, if you want to separate yourself from the crowd and be more than just a person that uses cafe racer as a generic term, you want to say, "I built my own cafe racer." I did. I started with this motor that's a fine motor and I've put it in this frame which is a fine frame. Well there's levels, you know. Right. I mean if you want to achieve the highest levels, sure. you, you probably have to have been inside your motor. It might not be the same motor that went God, the bike, I mean, you know? then we have to we have to assess that and we have to go, well you but, know, is the boss Haas V eight a cafe racer? Because it's like oh no Oh my God. Wait, I've had a bunch of you know I've seen a whole bunch of Volkswagen motors stuffed in BMW frames. But again there's not one rule that defines Exactly what it is. and that's the crazy thing about cafe racers well you've got people like dustin now taking like modern and i'm just using dustin yeah. because i was just looking at his bike but he took a modern front end from a modern motorcycle and put it on his 360 and i love that yeah. and you know that's i think that's more of the, the spirit of it is it's almost more like borg mentality yeah. Yeah. It we is. will assimilate if it, yeah. if it makes us go faster Right. We'll do it. We'll, yeah. we'll and out, you and just also. nerded yourself out really hard there, pal. Wow, that was a board. good one. My wife and I are watching Battlestar Galactica. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to lean in so far. Battlestar yeah. Galactica doesn't have Borgs in it. It has Cylons. Yeah. It does have Cylons. Well, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, we're, right. That's yeah. for a different podcast. Okay. All right. <laughs> yeah, okay. All right. Well, we'll, have the, yeah. we'll, we'll talk about how much Phil loves Doctor Who in another yeah. podcast, too. So. Oh, we're going to talk about Doctor Who? Awesome. <laughs> this is so cool. <coughs> this just got better. You guys, guys stay tuned. Doctor Who Con is next week in L.A. My, the Hilton. My, my TARDIS-themed uh, bike. Yeah. We're going to all talk about Gallifrey. It's going to be awesome. You're one of the things that... Uh, wow. Yeah. So, <coughs> and every woman that was listening to the podcast just turned it off. Yeah. Like, what the hell? We thought well, they were cool motorcycle guys. Oh. Exactly. No, they're a bunch of nerds. <laughs> oh, no. One of the uh, things, Buell, one of the last bikes he built, Eric's, one of his last bikes that was built with Harley money or with Buell money filtered through Harley Davidson, I guess, was his 1125CR. And I think and what, the Harley money was actually Buell money. Yeah, it's a bad story, but we all... Funneled through Harley Davidson. Yeah, we feel really yeah. bad for you know the Buell thing and how they kind of got boned in that deal. But uh, that Buell 1125CR, the CR didn't stand for crotch rocket. You know, the CR stood for Cafe Racer. He was absolutely clear when he built that bike. Uh, it's somewhat naked. It's not overly fared. You can see all the working components. Great motor, great transmission, all put together in a bike that would handle like crazy, that anybody could kind of go out and buy and then take it to a track day or go have fun on ride on the street, but not necessarily his full-on competition race bike. Mm -hmm. So modern interpretation, and it has the word cafe racer right in it. Well, you've got a lot. Like, I mean, you see a lot of... Like you, the Ducatis and stuff mm-hmm. going to that naked street bike yeah. style. It appeals um, to people. Yeah, and it, and, it, and it is very appealing, but even more so than that, you have like the modern street fighters, like the guys that take the wrecked, you know, sport bikes and they'll rip all the body panels and stuff off of them, you know, fix up what they can and ride them as, you know. And that, and that to me is more cafe race racer-esque for modern For days. modern times. Yeah. Yeah, for modern then, times. You know. Well, there's no doubt that there are modern bikes that kind of fall into the cafe racer type, you know, the Bandit 1200 Street, you know, the Triumph Street Triple and some of those mm-hmm. bikes. I mean, those yeah. are... I mean, I guess I'm kind of. Those are actually older bikes now. I mean, yeah, how, how old is the first? Uh, when did the Triumph tr- uh, Speed Triple? The Speed Triple came out early. I mean, that I was that was their. That's over ten years old now. Yeah, that's over ten years old now. Yeah, that's absolutely over ten years old. 
I guess, you know, with time, the, the, the line keeps moving forward as what's new, what's vintage, and whatnot. So, right. I mean, hey, it's only inevitable. Someday, I mean, you can get an 86 CBR 600. So it's like, well, these bikes are going to have historical plates on them. And the first, you know, it's always the tough thing when you're driving down the road and you see a car go down the road. And you're like, hey, that's a 1980 Dodge Omni. I had one of those in high school. What a piece of crap that thing was. It's got historical plates on it. Oh, that sucks. I don't even like thinking about that. How dare you put historical plates on a Dodge? Omni. Come on. Are you kidding me? If I had a 1980 Dodge Omni, I would definitely get historical oh, plates Oh, man, for that it. was a piece of crap my mom handed down to me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but just to do it. awful car. I would yeah. do it for the joke factor. Yugos with ABS, or Yugos with um, historical plates. <laughs> is that the one where the story is you use some sort of formula of eggshells and plaster of Paris uh, this or was, something? This was <laughs> absolutely legit. It was ceramic and eggshells, and it was put into the cylinder because we had a cracked cylinder wall. Wow. So we were leaking coolant into the cylinder, and my dad had found a uh, popular tip mechanics on popular Mechanics magazine about using building your own epoxy resin using these components, and then when you put it inside the cylinder, you dropped a uh, a light bulb, like a light fixture, you know, a drop light. You drop the light bulb in there and let it cure for a couple of days with a hundred watt light bulb down in there, and that would harden your epoxy mixture. Hand to God, we ran a bore down that thing. We we basically cross hatched it. Put the motor back together, lumped a new piston in it, sold it, and maybe eight months later, the people that my father sold that car to, this is a 78 Dodge Omni, uh, they, they showed up in our driveway. And I was like, well, the other shoe has finally dropped. Boom. Dad is going to have to cop to the fact that he totally bodged this motor back together. <laughs> they simply wanted the warranty paperwork for the tires. Wow. Because they had a flat, and they were like, well, I remember you saying that there were newer tires on there. Is there any chance you have the receipt from Sears where you bought the tire? Because we've had a flat. And I could see the beads of sweat on my father's forehead <laughs> when this you know, really nice couple came up to the door and was like, yeah, we've had a problem with your car. And, and it held. I mean, it, obviously it held. It no held. problem. It's running that thing, Yeah, that thing's still on the road to this oh, day giving man. some... That was the one you saw with this story. Yeah. <laughs> He's going to yeah. be listening, and there's some 16-year-old kid, and he's going to be like, God damn it. That explains it. <laughs> yeah, I can That's never... why my car smells like omelets. <laughs> it smells like omelets every time I ride, drive it. Yeah, so I think Cafe Racer is really, uh, it's about making something. Now, they certainly have a look to them. There's no doubt. We can say that there's the Ace Bars or the Clubmans, the Clip-Ons. The lack of, you know, we're not getting into the dustbin fairings in this country. People, you know, people have them. I saw a beautiful Honda Dunstall replica that went for crazy money recently, but it had the full the full kit. But we're not seeing so much of that. I've been thinking about it. You have? Yeah. But then that puts you more Man, in the race replica, you know, once you go with a full fairing yeah, or something. your period else. race replica at that point. Uh, AirTech's got a kit that'll fit my bike, and, I'm, yep. and it won't break the bank no. either, so... Um, and, and it's, you could build a Dunstall replica. It's and going around in my It's head kicking right around now. in there, right? It's kicking around. Yeah. That's, so that's kind of the thing. So we're seeing Cafe Racer. We're seeing bump stop seats. We're seeing rear sets. Uh, guys are doing really cool things. Every, like five years ago, if you wanted to get online and find somebody to make you a set of rear sets, that was not an easy task. Mm-hmm. Now it's easy to find a guy to build you a set of rear sets. Well, it's not hard to find. But why, why buy a set? Buy, get a pair off of a CBR or something. That's, what I'm, you know? that's my whole deal. It's just go, so I did. Yeah, go look at a mid-90s Jap sport bike. There's rear sets on that thing. Right. They'll probably bolt right onto your bike. I've got, uh, oof, what are my 80s, C- late 80s CBR? CBR right? yeah, yeah, CBR 600. Yeah, like they work fine. F- F2 rear sets? Yeah, yeah they work fine. I want, a, I want the easy rear set, the one where you undo the pin out of the rear foot pegs and put slide it in, <laughs> put the pin through, and it's right. a rear set. And it's a rear set. All you have to right. do is make it. Well, know. I mean, if you look at period race bikes, uh, that's one of the great things about the Barber Motorcycle Museum. You get to go in there and look at race bikes that have been, you know, jokingly sealed in Lucite. Uh-huh. You know, uh, these things have had the Han Solo treatment. And these bikes are what the guy was riding. The last time this bike was on the track was when it won a trophy. Mm-hmm. And you look at how poorly these things were cobbled together, <laughs> and you go, this guy won a national trophy on this thing? Safety wire. Sa- <laughs> Wait a second. Come on. Those aren't pegs. That's a handlebar that's cut in half, you know? But it's field expedient. So they're uh, oh, beer yeah, run. Yeah, I'll have another one. Yeah, beer run. Well, i got to do a urine run, too. Oh, okay. I'm going to do the beer run song. 
Go ahead. Do you remember the beer run song? B-W-E-W-R-U-N, beer run. B-W-E-W-R-U-N, beer run. All I need is 10 and a 5 or keys in a car and sober driver. B-W-E-W-R-U-N, beer run. Wow. Yeah, it's nice. Special. (laughs) I left the house for this. It's hard. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'm so sorry that you can't handle alcohol. Oh, I can handle it. Oh, you can handle it. I can't handle being functioning after. Come on. What is the world's record for the length of a hangover? Because you're pushing it. (laughs) (laughs) I think I had. Honestly, I think I had a three-day hangover after we did the walk. The election day day walk. Yeah, election day. I didn't feel right that whole week, but it was three days before I was felt sort of normal. Yeah, yeah. yeah, And I won't go into the details of... (laughs) I snagged a 15-year-old kid off my street, pulled him into my basement. We did a full blood transfusion. I felt great the next day. That was awesome. Best thing I ever... I recommend it to everyone. It was the way to do it. How do you think I, Michael Jackson stayed in shape? I usually just got the 15-year-old girls. Yeah, it's, uh, I, oh, no, the 15-year-old boy's blood is full of energy. It's full of drive and vitality. I noticed you kind of bitched it there. <laughs> oh, the, You're just entering the hormone. The hormones are kicking in. Yeah. Yeah, that proves you know. If you're gonna be a, yeah. Yeah. if you're gonna be a fanger, man, you got to be careful about who's blood you Nice talk. skin complexion and everything. Yeah, yeah. that's, yeah, that's, that's very good. true. Thanks. Yeah. Are we? The, I think we're the only ones. John and I are the only ones left in here with with beards. Yeah. Yeah. John's got part of a beard. Well, I mean, yeah, I'm in the same boat. I shave most of mine off. Yeah. Huh? Another beer? No, Another beer? No, Come on, James. Huh? Come on, James. Come oh, you're, on. You already have a backup. Hey, do you have any tequila? I think oh, James yeah. I think James I do, I do, I do, oh, I do not have tequila. Thank no. God. He, he said his first margarita was the size of a fishbowl. <laughs> Was. Where were you? Like, not even exaggerating. He was at Me Pueblo. Oh, <laughs> yeah. was it frozen? No. Huh? Rocks. Yeah. Oof. He said they they know how to pour a drink over there. Yep. Yeah. I'm surprised you didn't end up in a gutter with no wallet. <laughs> Hanging out with Ryan. Hanging you with never Ryan. know. <laughs> Dude, he walked in there and they were like, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, that's why they poured him extra. Seriously, strong. Ryan does look like Jesus. And if you go into the right Mexican restaurant with G- with with Jesus, things are looking up. <laughs> He's got that way of reviving motorcycles, you know, bringing them back from the dead. He he does have that sort of that un- yeah, that'd unnatural be my touch. Tech tip is uh, <laughs> drop your bike out with Ryan. Yeah, just have a Ryan have a in Ryan. your toolkit. <laughs> yeah, Ryan has the MacGyver quality about him, where if you ever are, and he'll just, be the first person to let you know it. Well, that's good. I mean, I have no problem. It ain't cocky if you can back it up, man. Yeah, exactly. It yeah. ain't cocky. Ryan, when I'm staring at something, scratching my head like a dog looking at a ceiling fan. Facts I, are facts. Yeah. James spent like almost the whole day <laughs> dicking around with that thing. Within the, Every Ryan, possible wiring permutation. The Ryan yeah. factor came in, and it got solved. Right. So. We yeah. called Ryan. Ryan showed up. It got fixed, and it got fixed quick. Oh, and I'm not even ashamed to admit I would have never figured it out. No, yeah. I wouldn't have either. There's no way. <laughs> I would, I would have sold that thing as a non-running project <laughs> next week. Who on God's green earth has ever shipped out a stator? Okay, wait. I'm going to take a stator, a perfectly good electronic component. These I'm are brand new. Brand new brand electronic new, Out of the box. Out of the box. Like, from made a, to fit. Supposed to be... Made where? In England. In England. Right. Well, it's yeah. an English company. English company selling Far Indian East. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's supposed to be plug right. and play. Like. Plug and play. But no, no, no. We're going to stick a quarter inch of washers behind each one of the stator bolts. That's what it needs. Who the hell I, would yeah, think I about the gap between the magnets? Worked. Yeah. Oh, come on. All right. So, okay. I think we lost our topic. Yeah, well. It's perfect. This bike's a cafe racer. Yeah. <laughs> I guarantee it'll go to one cafe in its life. Exactly. It, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it'll go from bar to bar. That's it'll, for sure. It, yeah, it'll TT. never do. It'll never do a ton. But that is part of the spirit. I mean, that, you know, the cafe <laughs> racer. It was bar to bar. It was like tavern think, to tavern. It was. I think you know, well, it was coffee house. The, yeah. it, it was basically like wheelhouse uh, truck stop. They don't. Ser- yeah. They don't serve beer. At I'm yes, not a lot do. lizard. They, I don't go to truck absolutely. stops. Absolutely. But I will say this. You know, TT the tourist trophy. Tourist trophy. That was tavern. Tavern. Was always tavern to tavern. As far as I'm concerned, TT, TT is a tavern to tavern. Yeah. That means you you stop here, you have a pop, and you haul ass down the street and you have another pop. Mm. You know, so how many pop stops are there in the Isle of Man? Oh, that's a TT. Yeah, that's a TT. All right, there's a <laughs> lot of pop stops. Probably quite a few. That would be a yeah. great. That's one of the you know one of the, uh, one of the vacations I'd like to take sometime. I mean, the oh, Isle of yeah. Man, like that would be fun. 
I mean, I I don't even know, even not even necessarily being there for the TT, just being right. just being on there. the Isle of Man, you know, and riding a motorcycle around it. It's mm-hmm. like that's one of those maybe when I retire type deals. I would imagine that when you get to Ago's Leap, all right, when you get to Ago's Leap, Leap on the Isle of Man, and you're on any motorcycle or rental car, or whatever you happen to be on, it's going to feel to you like a very slow, gradual hill. Mm-hmm. You're not going to appreciate the fact that he's flying over at 120 miles an hour, three feet off the ground. Right, right. Yeah. You're not going to be able to even conceptualize being on a motorcycle at, at over a buck mm-hmm. and having air, nothing but air underneath you. Some of the videos of that, I mean, you don't, like, closed course motorcycle racing on a track and mm-hmm. everything compared to what they're doing on the island. Yeah. I mean, they're racing through towns. Well, there are yeah. walls. There's walls. There's, there's, <laughs> there's, like, there, there's like, monuments. Yeah, yeah. They're going through right. buildings. It's yeah. like, it's the most crazy. Any of the helmet cam video you yeah. see of that, of the guys racing at modern racing on yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Go to YouTube and just type in it's Isle just Man. It's Amazing. I mean, they're I'm, flying, I'm know, just so. glad I'm getting new cable this week, so I'm getting Speed Channel back, oh, so I can watch that. Isle of Man. You nice. know, that's when I had it before. That was the only thing I really watched on that channel mm-hmm. was when they would show the Isle of Man footage, and man, I missed it this year. Yeah, all that helmet footage—it's like, you know, like in Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Where they go back to the geek talk. Nothing like just the star star. You don't need those. Wow. It's it's so true. The uh, for guys that are interested in that kind of thing, just bombing gophers. <laughs> <laughs> Those are womp rats. Womp rats. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I couldn't think of it. Yeah, like, man, oh. that's that's it. Hey, I used to bullseye womp rats in my T sixteen back home. They weren't much bigger than two mi- two meters. Yeah. Nerd. Exactly. <laughs> that was a quote. That yeah, was a direct quote. Is a parsec a unit of time or a unit of distance? Because I'm tired of hearing that he could do it in just 18 parsecs or whatever. No, it's time. No, it's distance. It's a unit of time. Parsecs is distance. It's distance. 18 parsecs. Oh, yeah, you're right. Parsec is a unit of distance. I thought a parsec was part so of an atom. how can you use it? I, I call shenanigans. All right, back to All motorcycles. Right. Back to motorcycles. That's so right. I found this really cool event. I was uh, looking up some, some different events. You guys know about a motorcycle out there right now called the Norton 961. The thing is so, badass. Norton Motorcycle Company, back from the dead, brings us a really beautiful motorcycle. If you haven't looked it up yet, you should look it up. It's, it's really just gorgeous. And uh, the Norton 961, I was looking at some, you know, just basic. What's the bike done? It's been out for a couple of years now. What's, what's happening with it? Okay, first week of May in Norwich in England, there is an event called Thunder Sprint. And Thundersprint, you know, kind of, kind of interesting already. But what they do is they shut the entire town down. So people are running in a thunderstorm? Yeah, it's a thunder. It's like thunder snow. It's like thunder, it's like mean, thunder like, snow. Right. That's something you do on a motorcycle, is it? You Let them talk. Okay. <laughs> shut so, your mouth. So the idea wow. is uh, in Norwich, in uh, Cheshire West and Chester, they basically turn the entire town for the weekend into a motorcycle event. Emphasis on family fun. It's not going to turn into Daytona. But no tits? Yeah, I know. And they don't charge you a penny. In fact, the entire city, you can park a car anywhere in the city for free. Park the car, get your lawn chair out, walk right up to the fence, walk right up to the wall, watch motorcycle racing all weekend long. But their big event is the sprint. And the sprint is a one mile or so autocross, parking lot style, hay bales for motorcycles. And these guys are going out and they're doing it on CR450s, classic racing Honda motorcycles. They're doing it on the 961 Commando. The guy won it last year on the 961 Commando. And uh, James May, if you guys watch Top Gear, if you're a, a Top Gear TV fan, James May showed up and did it on his uh, Moto Guzzi. Do, do we get called nerds for that too? I don't know. Gearhead, Spanner, okay, good. what have you. That's fine. The... Uh, but this event sounds like a lot of fun for a city to open its doors to a bunch of motorcycle enthusiasts to come in. But one of the most interesting things was they had what they called the Rolling Museum, or the Rolling History of Motorcycles. And they, on the town square, they parade motorcycles from like 1905 until modern day. And the emphasis seems to be on competition machines. So they'll bring out all those cool racing sidecar rigs from the 1960s and 70s and do a lap of downtown. Like and old so, board trackers and stuff, yeah, too? Yeah, how cool is that? Nice. If you have a whole city or a whole town just shut down and welcome motorcycles into it. Let's uh, do that in Avon Lake. That sounds great, doesn't I, it? Yeah, yeah let's it's a really that. good time. Yeah, I gotta, we got a good run here in the 45s. Yeah, we we, we could just make a track of the outside streets of the 45s here. 
There is a there is an event that goes on that I've attended in the past, and for the life of me, I'm trying to think of the name, but I thought it was Cindy's All Clubs Day. Uh, oh yeah, what was the one you were telling me about? Where in you Michigan. took it? Yeah, okay. your microphone, yeah. and that was uh, I thought it was Susie's All Club Day. I'm going to get some more details as the podcast rolls on. I think on. there's one in Pittsburgh too that's similar to that. Now that's the hill climb, the Thunder Alley or something. <laughs> like that? Well, I know there's a hill climb in P- Pittsburgh. So if you guys are listening to this and you have details about it, please let us know more about it. We can grab some because... details when we take that magic smoke break that nobody knows anything about ah, because I edited right. out of it. Hey. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, uh, that's that's a real good thing. But there are events that are in the States that you can go to that are motorcycle-friendly, and you can actually see some really cool vintage motorcycles showing up. Uh, Barber is going to be another one we're going to be attending, and that's going to well, be Well, I think October. Cleveland's best one is Mods versus Mods versus Rockers. Rockers is <laughs> yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll just make a completely unabashed plug for that. There we go. Yeah. Come yeah. out and see a bunch of cool bikes. Where did you get your KZ900 again? Uh, at a place called yeah, here's the here's the plug. Yeah. <laughs> Boris Cycle Salvage. I actually know his dad uh, more than I know him, but he's uh, he's got a great little business there. So Boris, Bor, it's Bor. Like to read it, it's B O R E S, like Boris. B O R E S. Your motorcycle has four bores. Oh, Boris, uh, got yeah. it. But it's Boris, pronounced Boris. But he has a great resource of, I, I swear to God, complete motorcycles go in the driveway. And are instantly disassembled. Yeah, just, just, just taken to the the bits, and then parts are hung on hooks and things like that. His, pl- his place will be that the the next internet legend of like I know this oh, yeah, airplane place hanger. It's all worn out and torn down. Yeah. And there's a million motorcycles in it. Yeah, conservatively, I'm just gonna say conservatively, 300 motorcycles. <sighs> Maybe 40 of them are in could run condition. Mm. The rest are absolute donors. I mean, these are bikes that are, you know. There are people that that kind of hate on that type of thing. That like, oh, you took a, a you know almost complete bike and you're just tearing it apart. And, well, you know, but that bike is going out to you know. It's going to keep other bikes. alive. It's going to keep so many other bikes. Right. I mean, that's a good uh, you, thing. You equate know? it to like the whole oh, organ yeah, donor yeah, thing. Yeah, exactly. You know? I mean, that's. This There's, crashed motorcycle that's going to need parts off of another motorcycle to run again absolutely. could just be torn apart into pieces. And these are original parts. So right. if you need an original exhaust system for your Kawasaki H1500, I laid my hands on one, and it was perfect. An original, proper exhaust system, and it's sitting in here on Ohio. If you want a perfect gas tank, uh, once we talked about this before. How many people here have seen a running RE5 rotary? Mm. Well... Okay, how many people <laughs> we have did seen... It. We did at, at Mods Rockers. and Rockers right. Cleveland. Well, how many people have seen more than one? Well, I've seen two now, right? So, at Boris, he's got the second-year model with the traditional, with the normal-style clocks. He's got a running, living, breathing RE5 rotary. The scary thing is, it's so close to the doors that don't close, mm-hmm. that, like, rain and snow falls in on it. So there's an RE5 rotary sitting there, and the sun and the rain and the snow oh, is beating that's down. That's brilliant. On. That's that's a that's good fine. place to put you that know, bike, and that's that's great. They're but engineering really, a patina. Yeah, it is. Yeah. But it was fun to get in there and see a complete motorcycle. It's fun to go in there and see a whole bunch of bikes. And for me, I was buying. I went in with the intention of getting a set of front forks for a KZ1000 project. Mm-hmm. And well, right there is a thousand cc Ninja mid 80s bike, and there's a perfect you know old set of forks on it, and I could have the whole deal. Triples, tops, bottoms, uppers, lowers, calipers, the whole deal, rotors. Uh, and he's going to go pull the parts and provide me. I gave him $100. Oh, shut up. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh, and for, now, yeah. now you know where you need to go, Shane. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Yeah. I need that for my GS. You okay, well. Al- you made almost that much on shipping on eBay or something. Yeah. I know. Absolutely. Totally. I know where I'm going next time. And I got to hand pick them. I got to go and look at three or four different bikes and go, ah, not, no, those are kind of beat. Those look good. Those look good. And I was able to hand pick them, and he's obviously a guy that is, you can talk You can talk to him. You can yeah. literally, you know. he loaned me a set of straps. He loaned me a set of tie-down straps, you know. To get my bikes strapped that down. That is a true sign of brotherly love. It is, because stra- tie-down straps in our industry, <laughs> and you're into motorcycles, tie-down straps, don't buy expensive ones. You ain't going <laughs> to hang on to them, man. Buy the cheap ones. Cause, When's Costco going to come up with a 50-pack of... <laughs> yeah, no kidding. When I can like literally order 50 at a time. I used to be so possessive. I'd buy really good straps. I'd write my name on them and everything else. And I'd go to a rally, and I'd see a set of straps I remembered... 
getting for Christmas ten years ago that had my name on them. Waters. But yeah, Waters. Right now, I'm like, hey, man, you got my straps. I'm like, I don't even remember loaning those to you. <laughs> oh, well, I, I bought a bike, and they were strapped to the bike in the crate when it came in. I'm like, oh, you stole those third hand. <laughs> Man, there's statute of limitations on theft of tie-down straps. I'm taking those. Those are mine. This bike just came from South America. <laughs> I don't know who this Waters guy is, but he makes like nice a straps. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but that's just, that's just currency in our world, man. Mm-hmm. I, and right now, in my trailer in the back of my truck, I normally have a ton of straps, but I just happen to have to reach into my Tacoma to pull some straps out. So here I am, Johnny Professional, picking up two bikes mm. with two straps. Can't do it. Trust oh, me. Oh, that geez. sounds like a challenge. Two bikes with two straps. I'm sure I could, I could almost see you making that happen. Yeah, I can definitely yeah, see I, you making I, that I, happen. I wouldn't trust it. I mean, like, for the motorcycle show, you had, what, 10, I don't know, maybe 12 bikes in, yeah. a, in a small, not a real large trailer. I mean, it's an appropriately sized trailer. That's like 24 straps right there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> my, mine did eventually fall over on the way His to my did. house. Though. His was the yeah. only bike. His was the, they were all tied in the exact same method. His bike, the last bike in by the trailer door, was the only one that tipped. It tipped against the trailer door. Yeah. And it was on your way to my house. How weird is that? That his was the only bike. Ah, yeah. Kind of weird. I don't, I don't know. Why is that weird? I don't know. I'm, I'm yeah. pretty sure Phil strapped that in. Maybe Phil just like <laughs> yeah, maybe I, You know what? Maybe I got tired of all you fuckers not helping me. And so when I got hey, to the last hey, bike in the truck. We were helping. <laughs> I, I, I was I'm falling down the ice. <laughs> maybe you guys were too busy having fun falling on the ice. Exactly. Yeah, right. You yeah. guys were too busy we playing were, We were drinking the beer that was in the back of the That's trailer. right. You were busy drinking the beer. We were like, drinking hey, beer and you were tired in bikes. and we were All these cans of beer you won't have to load. I know. We were making sure... Phil would prefer it if he is the one who straps it. I'd rather, I would rather. If it's right. going in his trailer yeah. and he's driving the trailer, he wants to pull I'd them rather in. strap him you down. You can bring him out. You can roll him right. in, roll him up the route. Right. But he wants to have him, he has his thing. Right. He plays bike Tetris it, very well. It is. It looks like Spider-Man in the back of that truck when I get done. Yeah. All right. So a uh, bunch of stuff that's out there uh, floating around. We started talking about tech tips. And one of the tech tips that John accidentally gave me. Did you shit yourself? Oh. <laughs> was really? that you? In I this room? I, I got to think. I think I it was Dustin. I heard something I coming from over there. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to butt in like that. That <laughs> <laughs> would just be my normal smell. It's just but awful. No, it's straight poop. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's, wet, that's wet poop. Someone <laughs> <laughs> stepped nug shit. That, that wasn't me. Oh, take two. <laughs> take two. <laughs> oh, you're not going to let that one run? <laughs> Oh, no, we're going to edit that. <laughs> Why would you fart in a studio? <laughs> because because it's my studio. Oh, man. I hate you again. Oh, that's terrible. Oh, the door. God. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's no. coming over here now. <laughs> oh, Anyways. Cow, that is right. powerful. Wow. <laughs> since, since we're on a break right now, I feel like I'm working in the shop with James. So we're going to talk about these new methane-powered motorcycles. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow, that just hit me. It just hit me, too. Like, oh, my uh, God. I'm sober again. Oh. <laughs> gas, gas, gas. I hate you. Oh, was, my God. There was some old movie in the, about oh. that. Like, the dude was riding a methane motorcycle or something. Methane-powered motorcycle? Really? It's right up there with uh, Thunder Run or whatever the, the movie. Damnation Alley. Damnation, Damnation Alley. Alley. One of my favorites. Yeah. Oh, it's my God. It's like the motorcycle God. version of Damnation Yeah, talking Alley. to the mic, John. Damnation Alley is a motorcycle movie because Jan Michael Vincent has a motorcycle in the back of one of the... Uh, yeah, yeah. He's, yeah. A, he's out blasting across the yeah. desert. Yeah, right. Trying to outrun cockroaches. Giant scorpions, giant scorpions and stuff with a mannequin on the back. Cockroaches. So, yeah, definitely Damnation Alley is... Uh, yeah, D- Damnation Alley is definitely a motorcycle movie. We can count that in there now. Top 10 motorcycle movies. The top 10 motorcycle movies? Oh, man. Uh, that right there. I have one. Night Riders. Okay. Mm. Do you know what the movie is? Oh, yeah. Okay, it's a bunch of guys that do Ren fairs, Renaissance fairs, <laughs> but they do them with motorcycles, and they joust Josh on motorcycles. Collins. Oh, yeah, that's <laughs> They right. joust on motorcycles. I saw the trailer for so that. So they've got, like, armor and amazing. stuff, and they're wearing, uh, like, three-quarter helmets or full-face helmets with a bunch of, you know, sheet metal <laughs> basically pop-riveted to them. But the lead is... Uh, 
the picture on the box is a guy in a CBX oh, with a big boy. knight's shield on the front of yep. it. Now, he never jousts on the CBX, but that's like his ride when he's when the when the Carney Renfair Carnival pulls into town, he rides around on a CBX. But their lawyer, and I can't remember who the lawyer is, uh, what actor he is, but he rides a CB750. But he's like a drug-dealing lawyer, so he's always got like LSD and pills and everything else, and he's got a fully garbage-trucked-out CB750 with all the big vetter fairings and crap on it. But he's like their lawyer, and he goes and cools the towns out when they cause problems in town. But of course, there's like a bad dude, like, you know... Um, How do you work your clutch with the fucking jousting stick? Oh, it's crazy. When you watch the movie, and you should watch the movie, it's called Night Riders. Uh, watch it because it's awful. It's one of those terrible, you know, early '80s movies. Oh, the trailer I saw looked horrible. Oh, it's a bad movie, but it's got some great motorcycle stuff in it. And because okay. they have like, you know, they have, their blacksmith is also like their mechanic. So there's like a lot of crossover, and there's like the wenches that travel around, and the pages that armor them up and hand them their uh, lances and crap. But it's got that real streak of like you know Ren Fair homoeroticism going on because you put you know you put Ren Fair and you put motorcycles in the same package and it's not you know this is not medieval times you're gonna eat, you know your big turkey leg or whatever but yeah it really is but yeah there's some uh, there's some really awful motorcycle movies out there and you don't have to look too hard we weren't talking about like good movies like Electric Light and Blue Born Losers Born Losers right there there were just a flock of bad motorcycle movies but there's a it is funny when you see. Uh, when you see motorcycles showing up in in pictures, and you're just like, oh wait, it, it kind of turned into a, a motorcycle movie all of a sudden. Harley Davidson and, and the Marlboro, Marlboro Man. Man. I was just that is that. one of those ones. That is an epic bad motorcycle movie. Don I, Johnson and Mickey. I need Rourke. to watch more motorcycle. I haven't seen half of these. Well, the best thing in the movie, my favorite that's, scene in the that's movie. Something that should go up on the on the. Uh... On the blog, or yeah, something. right. Like, let's let's talk about your everybody bad, throw out their bad motorcycle. Right, bad motorcycle movies are great. Oh, I've got some. I've got some audio trailers from a few. Oh man, that I I should probably rip and put up on the blog. Put them up as an they're intro. They're great. The Born right. Losers one is great. They in Harley Davidson, The Marlboro Man. His girlfriend, I think it's Don Johnson's girlfriend, is a California Highway Patrol officer. She's smoking hot. Can't remember the actress. But she's riding a PC-800. Yeah, yeah. So she's on a fully decked out CHP-style PC-800. Wow. Big, you know, kind of a big... Pacific weird, Coast Pacific 800, Coast 800 Honda, in case anybody doesn't know what a V-twin, you can't see the motor, it's all encrusted in plastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, underseat storage area for your helmets. It's kind of a big scooter, really. Well, she pulls a 12 o'clock wheelie on this thing that is impossible to do on a PC-800. Uh, you, I don't know what stunt rider was hired for the job, but if they did this with anything other than, like, a rig, a trailer rig, I'll be amazed, because she, or the stunt rider, put this thing at 12 o'clock and rode out of a ridiculous 12 o'clock wheelie on a PC-800, and you're going, oh, that's pretty good, but, you know, in the movie, there's, you know, Harley Davidsons are doing block-long wheelies and stuff like that, so, uh, that's I the saw great Phil do, uh... A we uh, almost twelve o'clock wheelie on a P two hundred power. That was like ten thirty. <laughs> that was like that, that was, was just today. That was a night. Yeah, the sun was shining. I get wheelie. I get wheelie fever this time of the year. <laughs> but that was a nineteen sixty four Vespa GS with a uh, modern ish P two hundred motor with a kit on it and some fun stuff. But it was that thing. Yeah, that that motor is actually really happy in that bike, and it's cool because it looks like a sixty four GS Vespa, which everybody you know, oh, it's a GS Vespa with my haircut neat. It's Quadrophenia bike. But I was having no no problem today doing some fun first and second. <laughs> You're year raping on. that poor bike. Yeah, well, why not? That's what it's meant for, <laughs> it didn't man. Sound like it was getting raped. It no, it was like happy. It was happy. It was fine. It was willing to carry the front wheels. Believe me, I've heard courage. Phil rape things. I heard. <laughs> I've heard the rape. I've watched Phil rape things. Before. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that doesn't sound good. <laughs> I'm not afraid to go out and use a motorcycle for the way God intended. Yep, and I figure if you if you Break them in like that, they'll be happy. Right, back, back to your tech tips. Back to my tech tips. Yeah, the tech tips. John came up with this great statement, and it was an absolute golden nugget that I wanted. Like, this is T-shirt material. What was the statement? You've never met a carb that didn't need cleaning. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I've never cleaned a carb that didn't need that cleaning. Didn't need it. Okay, so right. If you think the carb needs clean, it needs cleaned. Yeah, right? and if, if your motorcycle's giving you any weird thing that wasn't doing last week, step one. Carburetors. 
Uh, it's ninety percent of resurrecting or getting a good a bike running good is the carburetor. I mean, it's what goes bad. It right. is what goes bad. See, I don't. I don't even think about not doing that. Right. It's it should it's be step like one. Before this is some old piece of shit. Needs a tune up. Yeah, some yeah. old piece of shit I just bought off of somebody for eighty bucks. Right. First thing, carbs Before come off. Before you buy points, completely take it apart. Yeah. You know, maybe shake out those carbs. And there is a trick. Uh, it's an old man trick that's been passed down through the ages about blowing air back through the carburetor to clean the jets. Yeah. Okay. No. And oh, I've I've tried I've tried <laughs> pulling the air fuel screw out and blow some uh, carb cleaner in there. Right. It never works. Yeah. Pull Never. Air fuel mixture. It screw should out. work. You think you could think? You could soak it. You could try. It. That shit's glue. It never works. It never ever works. It's a, no, I take that back. It's epoxy. It's epoxy. Take it it's apart epoxy and do it right. Because anybody's like, oh no, you just just you know. Compressed air, shoot it back through there. A little carb cleaner, just take the air fuel mixture, screw up. Fine. No, it's never fine. It's never worked. It's right? never ever worked. I've never seen it work. Yeah, and if and if it happened it to actually work, work, it, right. it, work. it will be temporary. Yeah, yeah. whatever. Because some other clump of shit will loosen up you just push and back up. <laughs> it's yeah. gonna come, come back down. down. It will come back, <laughs> and it might get you two miles down the road, but <laughs> it won't get you home. Here's right. the only acceptable thing that you're allowed to put through a jet. There's okay. only one acceptable thing. Okay. John's Weaver. <laughs> one bristle from a, a wire brush. Of a brass brush. Yeah. Uh, well, I like uh, brass brush because it's brass and it's brass. I, mm. As long as it's a wire, uh, right. a proper wire brush, I always use a That's steel brush. That's why our... Brushes at the shop look so bad because we've been harvesting plucked, them for bristles. We pluck. You cannot use a toothpick. You cannot use nah. a needle. You they actually, they use actually any... sell. They actually sell kits. No, yeah. It's actually not a kit. So it's you can like rebuild a, your brass tool. brushes. No, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a tool. Just, just like that. You know? there are, well, there are welding kits that actually yeah. like. There's a oh, welding yeah, those clean, are nice too. Yeah. Th- yeah. Those could maybe work, yeah. but I mean, like, let's be serious. And even in your pilot jets, sometimes even a, a whisker from a briar brush is a little bit too big. Too it's big, like, right? Eh, you could actually be boring it out, right. By doing that, but my secret has always been look for that frayed cable. Yeah. I mean, every motorcycle somewhere's oh, yeah. got a frayed cable on it, mm-hmm. and pull your jet out and go find that frayed cable, mm-hmm. and then you got a built-in jet cleaner right there on yeah. your motorcycle. Mm-hmm. Find that frayed cable, and that'll clean that jet out yep. real nice on an emergency roadside, mm-hmm. you know, field expedient repair. Uh, that's you know, you work with what you've got at hand. And it yeah. works really well. But if you got a bike that's been sitting for five years, oh, I've I've had just I've, yeah, yeah. These, just these, some of these jets apart. are just ridiculous. You try uh, to jam things through them, and it, it ain't happening. If if it's been sitting for years, I mean, it's just yeah. take the carbs off and clean them. But another, you know, another clean the damn. Thing. Another thing about carbs, if if you're kind of well, if you're cheap, let's put it this way, and you've got a you got a sunk. We are. We're all cheap. Yeah, we're cheap. Trust me. If you got a sunk float, mm-hmm. and it's got a hole in it, right. Uh, word of the wise. Yeah. Do not go to Radio Shack and buy your solder. Yeah, no kidding, huh? Yeah. Yeah. I guess my, my tech tip on that is any brass floats that you look mm-hmm. at, when you look at the inside of the floats, you know, the outside mm-hmm. cap is welded onto them. Right. There's always a little blob of solder right in the center right. of the inside of the two floats. Yep. You always heat that up and poke it out with like a pin or something like sure. that, and make a hole there. That's so a breather air, hole. Air so, can escape, yeah. so when yeah. you're heating the float up, it doesn't make pressure inside the float when you're trying to solder it. Uh-huh. So you pop that out first, that whole then you will get hot. You got yeah. It. Then you can make repairs to that float when you're done making. it, Then you just put a little, another you, yep. you put another little blob of solder mm-hmm. over that, and and, and it'll be fine. Well, and the yeah. other trick is that's too, a great tip. About, actually, that's yeah. well, you fantastic. can take the floats and warm them up in your hand. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it's, it's a it's a 50 50 but sometimes yeah. you can tell if you hold the you know you run it under cold water for a while right. and then hold it in your hand or heat it up right and it'll go pink pink it'll pop back so out it'll pop <clears> and go <throat> back and forth that's probably a pretty good sign that's airtight right and if it's airtight it's liquid tight yeah mm-hmm. so there you go that's the no, the reason tip. I said you can't use the radio shack yeah. brand uh, well, you don't want to use electronic solder you don't want to use right. electronic solder because yeah. it's got rosin in rosin it. it's in not it. a complete lead solder right you need the dangerous, cannot use in California kind of <laughs> lead to well, fix these things. And it, the same rules apply to soldering a brass float that would apply to soldering a copper pipe. Right. You got to uh, use steel wool and clean it up. Get it shiny clean. and totally mm-hmm. clean. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. You do that, and you can you can actually be fairly mm-hmm. successful. And if you're afraid of leaving too much solder on there and make because the weight, it's the weight. You right. can you can solder over it and then. Mm-hmm. It, wow, you know, it takes a split second, but yeah, while the solder's still hot, 
wipe it off, yep. and, and you can make a pretty Yeah, it'll repair. fill the hole. Yeah. yeah, it'll fill the hole. Same applies for uh, vent tube, your, your reserve tube. Uh, That's your fuel the biggest pack thing. Or People like that. overlook that all the time. Uh, I see bikes that are just flowing. Fuel tap's off, flowing. And nobody knows what's going on. Well, you look at your fuel tap, there's an air vent in it. Mm-hmm. And the air vent is perpetually cracked. And I've not seen too many good ones in 30-year-old and 40-year-old motorcycles and bikes. And take that tube, and that thing can be soldered. You can resurrect that. Or you can go get yourself a section of tube and replace it. And they're just pushed in. You know, they're not, It's not rocket science. But, yeah, that's always things to look for. If you can't, you know, my fuel tap's off, but it's still pouring gas. Well, look at your vent tube. Yeah. Because your vent tube is mm-hmm. probably cracked. Or it's not there 90% of the time, honestly. Yeah. Take the, take the, you know, pull the fuel tap out of it, and you're like, oh, well, okay. Yeah. Well, there we go, then. <laughs> there's the hole where the reserve goes. There's the hole where the, you know, on goes. And there's the hole where the air goes. And there's nothing on it. Yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So no amount of ha- turning your fuel tap on or off is going to solve that problem. And please, if there's anybody out there in Radioland who knows where we can buy the four-hole gasket for Hondas for yeah, like a buck, cheap. a buck ninety-nine, <laughs> we'll buy a hundred of them. Yeah, but we yeah. don't want to pay five dollars for what should just be like a fifty cent to one dollar. I mean, it's a nickel. Yeah, it's a piece that every of... single old Honda needs. Right, they all need it, and it looks like a black rubber nickel with four holes stamped in it. Yeah, and seriously, oh, there's God, no reason things. that yeah. should cost more than twenty cents. Yeah. Just hire some kids to come in and like make them for you. <laughs> we'll make a dye. Yeah, well, we'll we talked about that. We talked about yeah. Like, yeah, you get the sheet squirt. of white rubber and make a dye and just yeah. right. Because seriously, there's no reason they should cost between five and eight dollars a piece. Yeah. So if you have a source for those, please call me and let me know. You did or buy a new the whole new. Well, and fuel that. taps are no, ridiculous too. Hundred dollars, you know, <laughs> oh, fifty to hundred dollars for a fuel tap, mm-hmm. and it is. We have gotten. You know, to the point where we're buying eBay awful fuel taps and rebuilding them mm-hmm. because it's just it's ludicrous that that piece of a motorcycle, because of the demand, mm-hmm. they know what they can charge for it. And Bike yeah. Bandit knows they can charge 75, 80 bucks for that tap. Mm-hmm. They're going to do it. And buying a fuel tap for seventy-five or eighty dollars is pretty ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. And when you buy those rebuild kits too, you yeah. ever notice they don't give you the crush washer? Of course not. Yeah, no. You got to salvage you, that fucker. You got to salvage yeah. the crush washer. Absolutely. Yeah. So you, you would think that would be like one of the main, main things they would give you the fuel with tap. it. Like, exactly. let's give them the crush washer. Right. That that would be that would be cool. Yeah. Right. But it's what it's just their you know it's one another ploy. Yeah, because you probably would go back on like, oh, crap, I need that. Right. You, you go back on the Bike Bandit, and they're like, well, we need $35 oh, for yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thank you for placing yet another order. We'll have our Black Labrador dog retrieve that for you right now, and uh, and we're good to go. I, guess I think another... his name is Bandit, too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sh- Bandit. I guess we'll do another shameless plug. If you're talking about cleaning carb clean or talking about cleaning carbs, you should also be talking about the Harbor Freight $60 ultrasonic cleaner. Once again, yeah, good point. That guy said I need to get some Sonic for my carbs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Well, yeah. I keep meaning to get up there and buy one. And buy some Sonic. They work. I mean, they work great. They're pretty amazing. I mean, yeah. you'd be surprised what they Explain could do. Explain how it works. Well, ultrasonic cleaner. Ultrasonics are generally used in like dental labs and, yeah. and jewelry stores and everything. Tattoo shops. And you're you're basically submersing a, a you know whatever you're going to clean in liquid, which is a better medium for sonic waves to transfer yep. through. And you're using sonic waves to just imagine you have a you know, you take a part and you dip it in a solvent and just let it sit there. Well, that's that's great, and the solvent just sort of has to soak in. But what if I could shake it really, really yeah, fast? Then imagine really agitating really it fast, and, <laughs> mm-hmm. it, and and it just like sucks the solvent into it. And you could take a, a rad ass carburetor, or, or, or anything, the float yeah. bowls or whatnot. That I I mean I've I've thrown ones my. My preferred solvent is purple power purple degreaser, power, yeah. which is fairly caustic. Never leave anything aluminum in there overnight or anything. <laughs> it will, it will, I, I've left pistons in there that it just le- leaves like a ring. It etches like, them, yeah. It etches a perfect, like, oh, that piston's going to break apart if you ever right. hit 10,000 RPM. <laughs> like, you know, but, but, you know, you do a couple cycles in the ultrasonic, and they come out beautiful. They will get, like, the, the cadmium purple rainbow, like, yeah. brand new effect to them. And, yeah. They, you know, it's it's a valuable mm-hmm. tool if you're going to do if you're going to be regularly cleaning carburetors or working on old bikes. Mm-hmm. And the, and for sixty bucks, they hold up well. Don't right. get them wet. You can never submerge them in water. Right. And there's some care and feeding for them, but 
they they work great. They they do, and you don't have to spend a lot of money on that. If item. you work it out right, you can be like, "Here, honey, I bought you this ultrasonic cleaner to clean your jewelry." Your jewelry. That is, that's exactly <laughs> yep. the angle I'm exactly taking. Exactly right. Uh, like, yep. I'll clean your anytime you want your rings cleaned, your earrings, right. or whatever. I I, I already told my wife, I'm like, Bring I'm picking up one of these <laughs> to do your rings. I can clean your jewelry for you anytime you want because I notice you clean your jewelry all the time. Right. Mm-hmm. And we'll do it right so, now. Yeah, and I'm like, we'll, we'll just. Right. I mean, they, they work great for like a single carb. If you have a full rack of carbs, eh, you're probably going to be tough. But at least you can throw. I have a little basket. I can throw all the jets, right. uh, the emulsifier tubes, the float bowls will all fit in there. You can do most of it. Yeah, and they do have two sizes. Right. Absolutely, make sure you get the bigger one. The bigger. Size. Yeah. There's yeah, no it's, reason. It's to, it's yeah. it's way. <laughs> you're worth not it. saving any money on that. No, like not at all. Small one. Because you, you can't even fit one carb in the smaller one. And all right, this, yeah. that's enough trade secrets. We're Excellent. Gonna, yeah, we're not going to give yeah, away any no. more of that priceless information. <laughs> Nothing to see here. No, yeah, oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Oh, oh, nice. Bronx cheer. Yep. So uh, that should be wrapping us up. Another wonderful installment of the Cleveland Moto podcast. Please, guys, if you've got any feedback or any comments whatsoever, uh, I'm honestly surprised how many listeners we have. Knowing what goes on in here. And how many countries, too. I know. It's weird. You what, see that? Why is a guy in Australia listening to the Cleveland Moto podcast? More than one guy. We well, have I like know. five people in Australia. Or questions or anything from our listeners? I, feel I like have we, been getting some emails. We should have people dialing in. Can we right. answer somebody's right. questions? Or, or? Well, here's the thing. I've been getting emails, but re- but honestly, the emails that we're picking up off of ClevelandMoto at gmail.com. ClevelandMoto at gmail.com. The people that are responding to us and people are, are basically just really giving us props, and that's nice. They're saying this is a lot of fun and we're having a good time listening to you. The What I would love to hear is, man, tell us about the projects you're working on. Tell us about the problems you've had. Something you want us to talk about. Right, yeah. Give us some, give us some material, man. Anything. Yeah. I, I would love to hear. Uh, I'd love to hear about other projects and other weird stuff. That's I want to hear on. from our listeners in Russia. We have three we have three, three listeners in Russia. In Russia. What's ah? How is that they even accidentally happening? clicked? I it. have it's no idea. You're right. Yeah, they, they thought it said Cleveland homo and <laughs> yeah. Yeah. James. What do you think about this? <laughs> you made a bit of quiet. No comment. James <laughs> still nursing his IV. Nice. Oh. Next week. Next week I'll come out strong. James is broke. There you go. Well, you'll you'll have uh, Indie Dealer Expo to talk about. Yeah, so. we're gonna go to Indie Dealer Expo. We're gonna see a bunch of horrible stuff from China, probably. And you'll come back banged up from the home. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. Oh man, because you know Indie Dealer Expo can turn can turn into a drinking marathon. It can turn into like a hey, uh, oh, so you got the corporate card today? Huh? James is all ready for that right yeah. now. Yeah. Look at him. Yeah, he's got his soccer shirt on. So I see. We'll see how it plays. Yep. The. Uh, but yeah, thank you guys for listening in, and please send any comments you've got to uh, clevelandmoto at gmail.com. We'd love to hear what you think. And uh, wait, just hang in there for another week. We'll uh, we'll drop another episode on you. What's that email again? What's that? What's that email again? It's uh, clevelandmoto at gmail.com. Oh, I'll check it out. Yeah, yeah, excellent. Well, yeah it's just an email. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah, yeah Shane's going to start sending in recommendations. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Everyone, I, I, want more, I want to hear more of myself. Yeah, we're, we're uh, going to get all these emails in. Like, yeah. Yeah. yeah, we'd like to hear more from Shane. Oh, he sounds cute. Farting. Yeah. Cuddly Bear One at AOL.com. <laughs> <laughs> all right, excellent. All right, good night. Good night, guys. Good night. Thank you for listening to Cleveland Moto. If you have comments or topic suggestions, you can leave them at our blog at www.clevelandmoto.blogspot.com or visit our website at www.clevelandmoto.com.